everyone, and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green. It's the last episode of the season, and we had to bring in a special guest to finish off the year. We've got Final Four MVP Kevin Punter from Virtus Bologna, uh, the all-time leading scorer in the BCL, stepped up in the Final Four, led his team to the championship. We got him on the show for about a half hour. Great interview with Kevin coming up. Joining me uh, for the interview and also to do a little wrap-up of the BCL season is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, the season's over. Virtus Bologna are the champions. We've got a, a summer coming up ahead. How's, how's everything going on your end? Yeah, there's a there's a slight slight tear in my eye. Um, uh, yeah, that it's that it's over. It, it it's always it's always funny that how how fast things end. You know, uh, these seasons, and then you have a final four. You know, all the excitement, all the build up, the the confetti comes down, and then it's over. So um, it was cool that that we got to 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 talk to to Kevin Punter again, bringing him back on the show. We had him on. Uh, Back uh, mid February, that was actually before the uh, in the break before the playoffs. So if you want to go back and uh, listen to that one, uh, that goes in a little bit more into his background. Um, and then, yeah, I you know I thought this would be good to just kind of wrap it up because there was so much. Uh, it's such a long season, and 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 you forget uh, some of the 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 great memories that we did have. And so I thought yeah, this was a good chance to kind of just. Yeah, wrap it up and and just uh, relive a little bit of uh, of the magic of the 2018-19 basketball Champions League season. Yeah, for sure. So coming up next, we've got Kevin Punter, the Final Four MVP from Virtus Bologna. We talked to Kevin for about 30 minutes or so. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to do a wrap up of the 2018-19 basketball Champions League season. But first, Kevin Punter. Punter again is alive. He is unreal right now. Tony Taylor's pass batted. Punter still catches it. Good. What a performance. Wow. I, Can we really, just go ahead and write MVP? Let's do it now. Regardless, do it now. A returnee to the show. Uh, welcome back to the uh, Basketball Champions League Coast to Coast podcast to Kevin Punter, the Final Four MVP and two-time back-to-back champ. Uh, I assume, uh, Kevin, you like the sound of that? No, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. That's who I work for. So, you know, it sounds, it sounds cool. Congratulations on on, on winning uh, the, the BCL again. Um, you were named the, the Final Four MVP, uh, the first player mm-hmm. in, in history of the competition to win to win the title twice. Uh, how did it feel to win the, the trophy again, you know, this time with, uh, with Bologna? It felt amazing, man. Um, like I said, a couple of days ago, I was just speechless. Um, just cause how I knew how hard we worked, you know, to get to this point. And like, we was, you know, like we was talking about just the whole playoff thing, you know, a lot of ups and downs, you know, was happening for us this year a lot. So, you know, t- to be able to win it on the road in a neutral site, you know what I'm saying? And last time I checked, everyone who hosted it won it, you know what I'm saying? So last time I checked, we was the underdogs in two games, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I was so emotional. That's why all day, you know, the whole weekend, we, you know, just talked about being locked in and, you know, we were the number one seed, 
coming into, you know, the tournament and, you know, we was the underdog against, I think, what, Bamba was a four seed? That or three seed? Three seed, three seed. Um, so, exactly, and we, and we was the underdog. So I, I didn't really understand that. And then, you know, the final, we still the underdog. I understand, you know, they won it in 2017, but we were still the underdog. So, I, you know, just it was just stuff like that. Just, you know, field us, stuff like that. Just, you know, made us play the way we, you know, made us play the way we did. We had uh, we had your friend and fellow champion, uh, Mike Green, on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. And, and he talked about how much relief there is. Um when you guys actually win the championship, win the champ, win the finals over, and you guys, you know, are able to celebrate, uh, maybe what do you think about that statement? You know, now that you've won it twice, um, you know, just the the relief that 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 mm-hmm. goes along with, you know, this goal that you've been fighting for so long, and and you have it. Mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing. Um, that's why I was so emotional. Um, I was here last year. I think I had told coaches I was here. I was here last year, obviously, and then like it would hurt even more to make it this far and lose. You know what I'm saying? Like being that when when you taste it, it's like you want that same taste every single time. And if you can't have that, it hurts even more not getting it. You like a little baby that wants candy, and then when your mom finally <laughs> say no, it hurts so bad because you're so used to. It's so used to being there, so used to winning, and so used to this, this, and that. And like, then you can't have it. Then it's just like, oh, it's like devastating. So for me, it was just like, I won it again. My teammates even wanted me to win another one back to back. And, you know, we was right there. So it was just like, I'm so close. And it's just like, I, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to win it. So. You know, I was just glad I was able to, you know, to do that. And a lot of people was telling me, you know, like basically, basically people at home back in the states that, yo, you know how your, all your friends come, yo, you should have won MVP, and you know, things like that. So it was just more motivation to go out there and try to really win and get another title. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Uh, I I saw on social media after the final, I think there was a few hundred fans. That greeted you guys at like 10 p.m. on Monday when you got back to Bologna. How how was the uh, the celebration with the fans there Monday night? Amazing! Oh man, so we had pulled up to the practice gym. It was it was, it was crazy. It was amazing feeling. Made you know we made history. Um, it was it was just amazing. It was it was unbelievable. Got off the bus, you know, everyone is just pretty much jumping on us and screaming and you know what I'm saying, just having a good time. And then how we set up here at our gym, our car just parked in the back, right? So in order to leave the facility, you have to drive to the front where all the people are. So now check this out. We're driving towards the front and there's people, my my windows is rolled down. So it's people literally in front of my car, Got their head in my car, passenger seat and driver's seat. And it's just like, and they're just like, Kevin, you know what I'm saying? Like, MVP, it, it was just, it was unbelievable. Like, and I'm looking at, and then I'm looking at my rear view. They're in my other teammate's car, head in there in the driver's seat. And it, it's something that you can't even record it. 
because there's so much going on, it's like you don't even have time to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just got to live in the moment, enjoy the moment. And it's just, you know, things like that. It's crazy. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, like, obviously – Ike is a is a club with a lot of history too, and you won it with them. But was it maybe like kind of extra special winning it with this club that like just has such a history in Europe? You know, so many championships. Uh, like Ginobili was there winning titles. Uh, I think the the last time Bologna won a title ten years ago, Keith Langford was like the leading scorer. He's one of the best you know American scores in in European history. Did it, did it feel a little bit extra special just kind of winning it with this club and these fans? amazing because like you said you know the history behind it i knew the history behind it coming here you know um so to win it here is just like you know it, it makes me feel good because i like the fans to be happy and feel good and to be honest with you bologna right now is it's really it's doing well because for the two those moving up to the first division so like you know basket city is really making his way back seriously so you know the whole city is just you know, what we did this year, us and Florida too, to be honest with you, it was pretty amazing. So just the whole Bologna city and, you know, um, the legendariness is really, is really, um, is really, uh, it's, it's coming up. Yeah, for sure. I, I was there for the uh, the quarterfinal game against Nanterre in Bologna. That was like one of the best experiences of my life. Just like watching the, the crowd during that game. And then like you go, you go to restaurants around the city and there's like basketball hoops in the restaurants. Like you you can tell it's just like a true basketball city. Yeah, true, true basketball. So they, they, they love it. It's, it's just amazing. It's a great experience. And it's something you have to be a part of to really be like, man, like this is you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys only just see, like, the surface of it, but once you dig deep into it, it's, it's really dope. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so, so taking us back to, like, last week, before you guys played in the semifinal on Friday, uh, you know, you're, you're one of the teammates who's uh, who's been here before you won this thing last year. Uh, did you, did you give the guys like any advice on kind of how to approach the final four or just, um, you know, anything in terms of like what, what to expect going into this? Um, for me, not really. Oh yeah. In terms of what to expect. Yeah. But, um, how to approach it. Everyone approaches their game differently, but as long as everyone is focused and locked in into what they do, that's all I can, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, every time before we were on that court, you know, I spoke, you know, to the team and just making sure, you know, everything is locked in, focused, and just ready. You know, how you prepare for your game is how you prepare for your game, but just make sure, you know, your mind is right. Make sure we're all on the same page. So that's pretty much what I did and constantly kept preaching. You know, we've been here before, you know what I'm saying? So, We've been in situations where we are supposed to win. We're the underdog or, you know what I'm saying? It's not supposed to go our way. So that's why I just felt like we, we was going to be just fine. Your, your coach, uh, Sasha Georgievich, uh, accomplished a lot as a player uh, and as a coach. Um, and uh, I know that uh, one of the things that he said to the to the media before was he just wanted you guys to to smile a lot and enjoy the the moment? Um, mm -hmm. What did he tell you guys about being ready for this moment? You know, not aside from the tactical stuff. You know, the the other part of it. Uh, what did he tell you guys? 
basically, so so the first day, he basically was like, look, smile and joy, like what you guys said. You know, not everyone is able to win a championship. Not everyone is able to play for a championship. So pretty much embrace the moment and um, <clears throat> really go out there and, and leave it all out there. It's two games, you know what I'm saying? So, and, you know, we came this far. You know what I'm saying? With everything that been going on. So go out there and just have fun. You know what I'm saying? Um, I have fun. I think we all have fun, but at the same time, it's kind of like we, we weren't uptight, but it was more so like we wanted to send a message. So, yeah, we having fun, but we wanted to really, you know, send a message and really like we, we wanted it so bad it almost maybe didn't look like we were having fun, if that makes sense. But, you know, we were having an amazing time. So, and then, but for us, more so after the game is where we could breathe a little bit. Because for 40 minutes, we're not really trying to smile. We're not really trying to, although we're having fun here, but we're not really trying to smile. We're not really trying to, you know what I'm saying, do those things. But after the game, is more so like, okay, good laugh, joke, smile, relax a little bit. Because we just play 40 minutes of, you know, being locked in, playing hard doing all this crazy stuff so you know so more so after the game for us is where we breathe a little bit rather than you know in the game where you you know what i'm saying just, just things that matter because the magnitude of us wanting it that bad i'm trying to tell you like i don't think nobody wanted it as bad as we did you know what i'm saying so that's why he may say smile a little bit because for 40 minutes we're not trying to smile at all we're not trying to play around with you you know what I'm saying? Like, Coach gave us an amazing game plan, and we're trying to execute it to win. So that's probably why I kept saying that guys was really locked in. Yeah, I think you guys wanted to send a message. I think I think message received. Um, I don't I don't know if I don't know if you knew this, but you guys never trailed in the in the two games. You it was either tied zero zero or you or you led the whole way. No, never trail. Never. I, I'm pretty aware of that never trail <laughs> at all. In both games, I believe we went up 10 at one point, And from there on out, it's kind of like we kept running the score. Up. And even in, in those moments, we were still like, you know how some teams, and we've done this before this year. We would go up 10 and lose the league. Mm-hmm. All season, we've been doing that. We've done it in the Champions League before, I believe. We've done it in time. We've been doing it all year. So this year, it was just like, that's one reason why it was no reason for us to be smiling because we didn't win yet. We didn't win. We won the first game, but still, okay, cool. You could smile, but we still didn't win anything yet. So there's no reason to really be smiling. So, and we've lost leads this year. So, you know, why are we smiling for? Because we've been here before, up 15 and lost the lead. So let's keep pushing. Let's keep our foot on their neck. Let's keep going and going and going and, and try to really bury them. You know what I'm saying? So that's the mentality we had since Wednesday going into a shoot-around, trying to just dominate and be the best at a shoot-around. So, and it just carried over. Yeah, and, and you personally, you, you were struggling with your shot a little bit the last, like, couple games in the Italian league. Um, I, I think you were, like, two for, two for 18 from three over, over the last couple games. Uh, but you, you said the last time we talked a couple months ago, 
uh, you know, we asked you what you do to break out of a shooting slump and you said you just got to be even more locked in, just got to be more confident. Um, and, and then in that, in that bomber game, I think you missed your first shot, but then right after that, you hit a pull up jumper and, and a three pointer, like in the first two or three minutes there. How did, how did it feel to see those, those first shots go in? Cause it, it seemed like after those went in, just kind of everything opened up. Um, it felt good. I, I'll tell you something like this. A lot of people don't know that my two games last year before the Final Four, when I was with Ike, I played two bad games. I played two bad games before that Final before that final Four weekend against Ike. So I thought about that, to be honest with you. And I said, look, just talking to myself, I played two bad games before the Final Four, and I went on to have a good show. I had 16 two games, shot the board extremely well. So then I'm thinking, I'm like, man, I'm going through the same thing I went through last year <laughs> now. But it's worse now because I'm shooting even worse now. So I'm just like, you know what? I have to stay locked in. Let me keep sticking to what works. Let me keep working. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just a real firm believer, uh, believer in life where before your time is about to come and before something big is about to happen to you, you may go, you know, God may test you through some adversity. So that's all I kept telling myself like I had two bad games but I'm just like look if I stay locked in keep working I've been working all season I'm gonna be just fine and that's kind of like stay locked in stay focused and then you know you know the weekend happened and everything so happened so that's kind of what I hung my hat on and like I said I've been in that situation where I'm not shooting it well and yeah I know I have a big game coming and people kind of think it's something wrong but in my head I'm like I'm not going to tell you what I know, but, you know, hey, hey, you okay, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I'll, you know what I'm saying? I'll figure it out. But I, I'm already knowing, like, yo, I've had two bad games last year, and they went to the Final Four and had a good Final Four. And it's so ironic, the same thing happened this year. I shot four for 19 in the game, and then the game after that, I shot, like, 0 for 7 from three and, like, 1 for 5, 1 for 6 on the field. Like, it was terrible. I couldn't make a shot. But then the Final Four come. And it all, you know what I'm saying? So more of the story is I just feel like, you know, before your time is coming, you know, you may be tested with adversity. So, you know, before anybody sit there and give up because things aren't going well for them, you know, just stick, you know, I'm saying just stick with it. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 great advice. Uh, so, you know, you finished with 21 against Bomberg and then 26 in the final against Tenerife. But I don't. I don't think it was really a surprise to anybody that you were out there getting buckets. You know, we we saw you do this at the Final Four last year. You've been scoring a lot. You're the the all time BCL leading scorer. So I don't. I don't think it was a shock to anybody that you kind of came through and delivered. But I think what was maybe surprising to people was that you guys just really shut them down defensively. Uh, you you held Bomberg to fifty points. Tenerife to 61 and the, and those were like two of the best offenses all season uh what, what were kind of the keys to shutting those teams down defensively um honestly it wasn't I mean coach gave us a game plan okay so for Bamberg you know obviously you have right he's the main focus so let's let's um let's get on him you know we know what he likes to do so for us it's just like coach gave us an amazing game plan we executed we knew we had to rebound against Bamberg we knew we had to box out we knew on this play we going under. On this play, push over the screen. You know what I'm saying? We knew everything. So now it's just a matter of how bad we want it. So everything just kind of took care of itself. You know, Tennessee, we knew, okay, he can shoot. He likes to drive. He likes to, you know what I'm saying? We knew everything. So for us, 
Coach gave us, you know, the plan on what to do with us. Like, if you want it that bad, you're going to execute it for 40 minutes offensively and defensively. So, you know, that that was easy, to be honest with you. You just stick to our principles and play on. So, be- Between the, the semifinal and the final, you guys had, you know, less than 48 hours to prepare for, for, yeah. for Tenerife. You know, maybe take us behind the scenes um, and, and, and what that day and a half is like uh, for you guys preparing for the final. Yeah. Um. And then have a lot of film, a lot of film, watch a lot of film, just um, reading a lot of scout reports. That's pretty much it. A lot of film, a lot of scout report, uh, recovery, get a couple shots, go over, you know, a couple sets of theirs that they run, you know, obviously the most. And um, that's pretty much it, though. Is is Because it's a quick turnaround, it's, it's not much you can really do, but just, read, you know, read a lot of uh, papers, um, Watch a lot of film, so and just because it's a quick turnaround, you just gotta you just gotta kind of put anything together quick. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, when you say watching film, uh, I, I assume you mostly mean watching their game film. But d- did you go back and like watch the Bomber game like after it happened, or did you just gotta like kind of let that one go? To be honest with you, nah, because it's just like it's only one game. It's the end of the year, so it's kind of like you know. We won the first game for a reason. So, you know, for us, it's just like, look, you won. So keep sticking to your principles. This is what we're going to do now. This is what we're do different. And let's just keep it going. Let's just keep riding what we're doing. So that, that's pretty much it. And and what was it like playing against really two very different teams? You know, Bumberg, you have this this ball dominant one-on-one uh, score with, with, uh, with Tyrese Rice. And then, you know, Tenerife is yeah. just this, you know, team oriented uh, ball yeah. movement uh, uh, team that just, you know, every, every game, it's like two other guys can step up. What, what was it like playing against yeah. those two different teams and two different styles? It was cool. It, I feel like it really showed us that we can guard. Uh, two different style of teams. You know, a lot of teams have trouble uh, doing that or, you know what I'm saying, things like that. But for us, it just showed that, you know, we can guard all type of styles. The team that, you know, more so plays together, you don't know who's going to give you points. And then the team where you have a great player, and, you know, Tyrese, where he could go get you 30, 40, and we could, you know what I'm saying, slow him down. And you know I mean, you're not going to stop from scoring. He's a great player. He had 21 still. But, you know, the most you could do with players like that is just slow them down. I feel like, you know, we did a good job on, on slowing them down. So, for us, I feel like we can adjust to, you know, whoever our uh, opponent is. Yeah, w- one of the guys who I think was really important for your defense was, was Kelvin Martin. And, you know, I, I saw he was tweeting that he only scored four points in the two games, but he, you know, he was busting his ass on defense. Uh, can can you just talk a little bit about what uh, Kelvin Martin brought to the table for you guys? Just energy. You know, he's been bringing that all year. Energy and just passion. Um, like I said, if, if, it was a, if, if it was an award for, for, for someone that has energy and passion, just play hard, he'll, he'll win it every time. Because the, the the amount of energy and the amount of you know he he raises everyone's level to play harder, and if you're not going to play harder, you'll you'll look like an outsider. You get what I'm saying? So everyone's playing hard, and then the one dude that can't keep up, now everyone's looking at him like, "Come on, man, why you can't play hard?" So that's the kind of 
That's the kind of energy and kind of presence he brings, which doesn't pop up on the box score. You know what I'm saying? So guys like that are just as important as, you know, to winning the championship. People say defense wins championships, but when you guys when you don't have guys like Kelvin on your team, you know, it's it's it's, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And another guy who didn't put up like a ton of points, but he made some some really big plays on both ends for you guys was Mario Chalmers. And you know, he's a guy who came in late in the season, but he's he's you know got a ton of experience, won two NBA titles. Uh, what what was it like going to war with Mario? Amazing. He's been here before, so just being a champ in the NBA. So um, you know, I felt like we had some experience, you know, with him also. With him just, you know, giving us knowledge on the game. And, you know, even though Europe is, was different for him in terms of, you know, different experiences and things like that, in terms of style of play, being in the league for so many years, um, it was it was definitely, um, it was cool for him to, um, you know, experience this. And, you know, we all bounce out of ideas open one another. Often when I, when I ask players who have won multiple titles to compare them, uh, you know, they, they mentioned they're like children, you know, um, they, they love them equally. Uh, you don't have any kids, so you can't make that a comparison. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so, so how would you compare winning the two titles? The first one was always the first one because, you know, you get your first ever one while you made it, you did it, but it is always the second one that was kind of like, okay, can you do it again? Okay. You playing the championship, you can't do it again. So that second year is always like, oh, it didn't work out. Or we got knocked out by such and such. So I feel like the second year is always harder. And then for me, it was harder because I feel like, you know, I've been here all year. So I've been through the growing pains and things like that. So this one, right, it feels, it feels extremely well. It feels extremely good. We we talked last time we talked on uh, in February. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of your tattoos. I was wondering, did you did you get one after winning the title last season? And any plans for uh, for one to kind of commemorate this one? Yeah, I got one. I got one um, last year. Um, yeah, this year actually when I go home, um, I'm gonna see my tattoo artist and um, finish. I gotta finish. Um, cause I have some, I have some things on my chest. I'm, I got to finish everything else. Like, you know, on the front. So yeah, man, and tattoos is, is something I really like a lot. So not that they're going to be on my arms and my neck and my face. I don't know about all that, but you know, for sure I'm going to be getting a whole lot more. Yeah. We, we also talked about, you really like to shop, uh, any, any plans for, uh, for a gift for yourself, you know, a little post championship, uh, reward. For sure, for sure. I'll, I'll wait till I get home. I'll wait till I get home. You can't have too much stuff with you, you know, when, when you're traveling and flying and, you know, that stuff is crazy. So for me, I'll just wait till I get home to, you know, just do a little, you know, shopping rewards and stuff like that. You you played the uh, the 2016-2017 season, your first year over here in, in Europe. You played with mm -hmm. uh, Antwerp. Um, for telling that Giants and um, yeah. you know they finished they hosted they reached the final four for the first time ever for a Belgian club they hosted the final four and you know finished the final four with a victory to take third place um, you know mm -hmm. how how happy are you for for that club you know head coach Rel Moores and 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 just that whole organization for what they've accomplished yeah yeah oh happy um, 
like you said, uh, I, I play for a coach of uh, same people around the organization. Uh, I know how hard he pushes his team. So seeing them there wasn't no surprise because I know how hard they work. Uh, I've been in his practice before when he was coaching me. So it, I was just happy for him. I told him I was happy for him and uh, just happy for everything, you know, all uh, that was going on for those guys this year because they, they done had an amazing year. And the year's not even over, but they, they played uh, well this year in Champions League. Uh, after after the after the final, uh, you posted a picture of yourself with the trophy, and on Instagram, you 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 posted everything I've been through, all the people that doubted me, all the people that looked over me, slept on me, probably thought I wouldn't be here today, and I continue to work my ass off every day. I want to motivate everyone. Mm-hmm. A lot of people know where I come from and came from. Will never be outworked. Back to back chips. Finals MVP, first team, all BCL. Uh, maybe just take us through your thought process when you were putting together that post. Um, I don't, I don't even know where to start, but um, just, just, just with everything I've been through, um, just from 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 being at Lavrio, you know, what I'm saying a small team in Greece gave me a chance to, you know, come to Europe. Antwerp Giants gave me a chance to, uh, you know, play for their team towards the end of the year. No one knew who I was. I don't expect for anybody to know who I was. Um, went to Poland, you know, average 20. Yeah, but I don't know about the team. The team may not be good. You know, people may say this. Still average 20. I don't know if you can do it at a, you know, a higher level. Go to Ike, win a championship. Had 16 in both games. People start to wake up a little bit. Now it's like I'm here. You know, people still may have something to say. I mean, this is I've been going through all my life. It doesn't even start as being a professional. So I've been hearing, you know, doubters say a bunch of things. So, you know, for me, it's just kind of like how my story is. It's kind of like how I've always been all my life. So, you know, even when I was in college, like, in college, you know, scouts from the NBA, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Just just everything. So, you know, a lot of stuff fuels me into different things, which is why I write certain stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I've been through a lot as a player on and off the court. So, you know, just this, this whole basketball thing is just one part of it. So, you know, that's why, you know, when, I, when I'm able to win things like this and motivate people and help people is is – because, like I said, a lot of people know exactly where I come from and how I came up and where I'm from. So, everyone knows that. So, it's not like I'm lying about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's people that DM me to this day just, yo, you just continue to motivate me. You know what I'm saying? I was in the same situation you was when you were in high school. You know what I'm saying? I get that a lot. So, I can relate to a lot of people that didn't have nothing or nobody was messing with them and nobody liked them back then and things like that. So I, I relate to all those people. So that's, for me, I feel like if I could kind of motivate and, and, and trying to, you know, show kids, show people, whoever you are, like, yo, it's possible. Just keep working. Just keep striving. I mean, why not? So that's, that's kind of why, you know, I said that part there. So, yeah. 
uh, to close off, um, you know, last year you won the, you won the title. It was in front of the home fans and, 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 mm-hmm. and uh, I know it, it's, it's still really fresh. Um, and, uh, you know, you're going to have a chance uh, this weekend to, to meet some fans. I guess you're signing uh, some, some, uh, some autographs uh, uh, before mm-hmm. the game. Um, you know, it, it's, it is still a really fresh and, you know, you remember last year, the final four and everything like that, mm-hmm. but, you know, looking back, looking back, you know, what do you think will be your favorite memory of uh, this past weekend in Antwerp when you when you start looking back and and remembering sure. uh, this season? Um, just everything. Just from the time we stepped out there, um, just the whole experience, the whole traveling. You know, just seeing other teams, and you know, just everything. You just embrace everything. When when I look back at it, just want to embrace everything and just. You know, it's a great experience. And for me, it's just like, you know, this is why we work. This is why we play. Um, just want to live in the moment. So as I, as I sit back and reflect, it's just, it's really just thank God. And now everybody's able to be in this uh, position. And just, uh, you know, just stuff have stuff like this just make you keep working hard. That's pretty much it. Well, uh, Kevin Punter, it's been uh, it's been an honor, really, to watch you uh, perform all season. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks a lot for for coming on the show twice now. Um, it's yeah. been great. It's yeah. been great having a chance to talk to you again. Congratulations uh, to you, to the club, to all of your supporters, personal supporters, and supporters of the team. Uh, enjoy the final game of the season and, and a well deserved uh, uh, summer back home. Uh, Again, congratulations, and uh, you know definitely all the success uh, down the road as well. Thank you, man. Appreciate you guys so much. You know, following all year, man. Thank you. All right, Dave. It was awesome being able to talk to Kevin a couple days after the final. uh, Once he was, you know, kind of. Able to get settled in back in Bologna, uh, the, you know, of course, the memories of the Final Four still very, very fresh in his mind. It was great to get some of the behind-the-scenes insight there. Uh, what did you think about what Kevin uh, had to say about winning his second title in two years? Yeah, um, it's really no surprise that he used the the word "amazing" quite a bit. <laughs> um, I, you can only imagine what it was, you know, like for him and and. Uh, you know, all of his support team and, and, and going, you know, through this, uh, you know, this really pressure moment and, and getting it done. And, and, uh, you know, he, he mentioned that they were underdogs and, you know, I have to, uh, you know, I guess, you know, tip my hat to Igor Jerkovic again for, for tip, for, for picking, for picking Bologna, the only one of yep. us four who, uh, picked them to even beat Bomberg. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you really got a feeling, you know, we mentioned at the end with the Instagram post, um, you know, that there was, uh, you know, there's a lot, uh, there was a lot of, uh, uh, of emotion, uh, going into, to that post and, you know, and, and, and really taking, taking uh stock, everything, what you've done and, 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 uh, and you've been through, um, and, uh, yeah, like we said, it was great watching him all season, and uh, really happy, really happy for him, and really happy for Bologna, and really excited to see Bologna 
uh, Virtus Bologna back on the map, and and not like he said, not only just Virtus Bologna, uh, you know, not only Virtus Bologna, but also Fortitudo and stuff. So, uh, really cool, really cool. What do you th- what do you think? Yeah, he was awesome, and uh, you know, we talked to him back in February. Uh, after the regular season and, you know, we get, we went into his background a lot in that interview. We talked about, you know, he wasn't heavily recruited at all coming out of high school. He ended up going to a junior college before he went to the University of Tennessee. Didn't get drafted, of course, comes over to Europe, starts playing out with, uh, with some smaller clubs and, and works his way up. And it's always really cool to see a guy with that kind of background, uh, to achieve such you know, great things at a high level like this, you know, coming from, uh, you know, being, being slept on as a, as a recruit coming out of high school. Now he's only 25 years old, but he's the all time leading scorer in the BCL. He's the final four all time leading scorer. Now he's a back to back champion with a final four MVP to his name. Like that's, it's, it's just always awesome when, when guys like that are able to persevere throughout their career and, and achieve these great things. And, it was just a pleasure to watch Kevin throughout the year. I'm so glad that he stepped up the way he did in the final four because, you know, that was something that we, we as uh, the BCL media kind of put that pressure on him a little bit. You know, he delivered in the final four last year. He was really clutch. So we were expecting great things from him this season. It started with the first game of the year against Neptunus. If you remember that, where he, uh, the game went to overtime, he was trash talking with Kyle Weaver, hit, finished with 27 points, some clutch shooting. And kind of from that moment on, I think the, the season of Kevin Punter started, you know, he, he was really a dominant storyline throughout throughout the season as a guy who we were looking at as one of the best players, one of the most clutch players, uh just an absolute killer like you can you can hear it in his mentality when he's talking about you know they wanted to come out and send a message in the final four, and they certainly did that and so it was it was cool to just kind of see him live up to the expectations that that us and igor jerkovich and and everybody else around the b c l world kind of put on him you know because that's not um you know it's 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 not easy to consistently deliver the way he did like that especially in the big moments so uh, I thought, you know, it was it was an amazing Final Four performance. It was great talking to him afterwards. I loved the detail about the Virtus fans just sticking their heads in the in the car windows uh, during the celebration as they're going down the street. Uh, some some great kind of behind the scenes stuff there from Kevin. So that that was awesome. Uh, Dave, any any other thoughts on the interview? Uh, no, not really. I mean, just like uh, you know, uh, go back and 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 uh, and listen to the to the other uh, podcast interview we had with with uh, with Kevin to kind of get a little bit more uh, of of the background uh, into uh, into the person Kevin Punter. All right. So thanks again to Kevin for joining us on this week's show. Now we're gonna do a quick 2018-19 basketball champions league season wrap up dave and i are going to go through some of our favorite moments of the year the biggest surprises disappointments favorite players and teams to watch stuff like that so we'll get through this pretty quickly but dave the first topic favorite moment of the season i'll go first on this one i've got two picked out one i mentioned before after the quarterfinals we talked about our favorite moment from that and i mentioned being in bologna 
in person to see them beat Nanterre and qualify for the final four. Personally, that was just an amazing experience because you know, we talked with Kevin about the passion of Basket City, the history there. Uh, the fans are incredible. That was my favorite crowd experience that I've ever seen. So that was amazing. And just seeing those guys reach the final four and what it meant to them. You know, I was, I was talking to Tony Taylor and Brian Qualley after the game. And just the, the pure joy and everything that you see on these guys' faces, like you, you could really tell in that moment how much this meant to them to reach the final four. You know, this is something they, they spend their life working on and to get to that point, uh, to see them accomplish that. That was really cool. And then I'll take it way back for my other one. First game of the year. How about Paco Cruz with the Hail Mary buzzer <laughs> yeah. beater against Bomberg? That was a game where, you know, Bomberg entered this season with a lot of expectations as well. Coming into the BCL, their first BCL season, they are a club with a, a lot of history in Europe, especially recently, you know, just winning a bunch of German titles over the last decade or so. Uh, a ton of success. They came in with a lot of expectations. And that first game of the year against Fuenlabrada was a great one, but they blew that late lead. I think they were up by like eight points with a minute, a, a minute and a half to go or something like that. I know they were up by five with like under 30 seconds left. And then Paco Cruz hit a Hail Mary prayer three pointer, uh, that, you know, just teardrop through the net to beat Bomberg. So that, that was my, uh, my favorite moment going way back. Uh, what, what do you got, Dave? Um, you know, there's a lot of great moments, um, that, uh, that I, you know, really remember. Um, one, I'm actually, the one I'm going to pick, probably my favorite one is, uh, kind of a, you know, I like history being made and, um, I'm going to go with, uh, Kiefer Sykes, uh, breaking the all time BCL scoring record when he scored four, 43 against Banvit. Uh, you know, Avelino was, was, was in the, uh, was in the playoff race and, uh, you know, they really needed to, to get a victory. It was in Banvit. Banvit ended up winning, uh, Jordan Morgan, 24 points, but, uh, Sykes had, uh, had 43 played the entire 40 minutes. Um, and, and Sykes was a guy I was really actually kind of looking forward to watching because he was, um, pretty sure the scoring champion from the, from the Turkish second league last year when he came over and, you know, he's a small guy and, you know, they brought in Norris Cole and, and he ended up leaving and, 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 you know, this was really a chance for him to, to light it up. And, you know, he was 16 of 24 in that game with six threes. Uh, you know, he also had seven assists. So I'm going to go with that. Um, there are a couple other, couple other, uh, um, there was another, okay, I'll go, I'll go with, uh, something that, that, that did happen. And another one that almost happened. Um, I'm going to go with game day nine, uh, the, uh, unit Halone against Umano Raya Venezia game. Um, and that was a game where only four Halone's players scored. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was amazing. Um, uh, you know, to, uh, Takan Jones scored twenty six. Uh, Corey Walden, uh, twenty. Uh, Khalif Wyatt eight, and uh, Darian Atkins fifteen. Nobody else. Uh, nobody else scored. None of the other four players who got into the game for alone scored. And the other one, the other, it was almost my almost. I think if it had, that had happened, it would probably would have been my absolute favorite moment. 
it was game day 10 and it was the Nizhny Novgorod uh, double overtime lost at Mercia. Um, there was the Doyle three with 1.7 seconds left to force the first overtime. Uh, Kendrick Perry hit a layup three, 3.6 seconds to send it to second overtime. And, and the reason why this was almost my, fa- my favorite moment of the season was because um, Nizhny Novgorod only had 10 players uh, suit up for the game and five of them had fouled out. And so right. you only had yeah, five yeah. players left and three of the five players had four fouls. So you almost had to field four players. And that, that would have been amazing. Cause I've never, I've never seen that. Um, I think there was a, there was a game, there's been a couple of games probably where, you know, bench disqualifications, you know, in a fight, whatever. Um, but you know, that, that was, that was something that I was kind of, kind of really hoping for. And, and by the way, you know, Kendrick Perry scored 33 in that game. Uh, which they ended up losing. Uh, it was a loss at, at Mercia, but that that was close to being my favorite moment. So, yeah, yeah, that was amazing. I'm I'm glad you mentioned that. I I had completely forgotten about the playing with five guys and three of them on four fouls. <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was pretty awesome. Okay, yeah, some great moments there. Let's move on. Next topic: favorite player to watch. This one's going to be really tough. Obviously, there were so many great players across the league this season, so many fun players. Uh, Dave, I'll, I'll let you go first on this one. Why, why don't you uh, you know, choose your guy and, and then throw out a couple other names as well? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Vince Hunter. Um, you know, I, just, the, just the hustle. Uh, you know, I, we, for a while there, we were talking about, you know, the, the, you know, how much he was on the floor, um, you know, diving for loose balls, you know, big, big spectacular dunks and, um, uh, big blocks, uh, so much production, such, you know, so efficient, um, and, and doing, I guess, a little undersized, you know, as a, as a, as a center, uh, a team that, that went so far, uh, with Ike and, uh, so, I mean, everybody knows, you know, he was, he was, you know, probably, I guess the unofficial, uh, the unofficial regular season, uh, MVP. And he ended up being the, in the, in the star lineup, the first team, uh, just a spectacular player. I just love the, the, the hustle, uh, of him. Um, another guy probably, you know, that I really enjoyed watching was, was Paris Lee, um, you know, just, uh, you know, had, had, had the whole look going with the dreads too, playing great defense. And, um, yeah, those are, those are probably two of the guys, I mean, you know, Kevin Punter obviously, you know, was, was, was great to watch all season with some of his, uh, with some of his, uh, you know, his, his shooting prowess and also the, the, the swagger, you know, that's always, uh, that's always fun to watch. So, um, hopefully I didn't take too much of, uh, of, of who, who you may have put in there. No, no, you actually left uh, you left my guy off, so I'm glad about that. So you had uh, you men- you mentioned Vince Hunter. He definitely has to be at the top of anybody's list uh, for everything you said: the passion, the energy, the hustle. It, it was great to watch him all season, and, and the consistency too. Uh, that guy just showed up every single game, and you know, okay, like Bomberg, they were able to take him out a little bit of the of the first quarterfinal game, but he's so active, so much energy and hustle. He was still able to make an impact on that game. And then he was great in the second quarterfinal. Uh, so yeah, Vince Hunter was awesome. Uh, I'm shocked you didn't mention Tashawn Thomas, uh, who he, you know, you talked about all season long as, as one of your favorite players and Mr. Underrated and all of that. Um, 
in addition to the guys you mentioned, I'm going to go with Ryan Brown from Prometheus. He was awesome to watch all season long. You know, the, the highlights were incredible. Uh, some of the dunks that he had, the alley-oops were amazing. I love the fact that he played well on both ends of the floor. Uh, just a tough defender. Um, you know, really, really brought it on, on both ends of the floor, which you don't always see from, uh, from some of the stars. And so that was, that was great to watch, uh, for an exciting Prometheus team. You know, one of the, one of the revelations of the season, I think, from a team standpoint, uh, getting into the round of 16, taking down Tenerife in that first game of the round of 16. And then, you know, unfortunately couldn't quite hold on to it, but, you know, losing to the finalist in the round of 16, there's no shame in that. So Prometheus had an awesome year. I loved watching Ryan Brown and he, he's another guy. He had 30 points one game against Strasbourg. Uh, he, he had 31 against Bayreuth. He had a couple other games where he was up around 20. So consistent scoring effort, great hustle, great energy. So shout out to Ryan Brown from Prometheus. Uh, anybody else you want to mention before we move on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Tashan Thomas is one of my one of my favorite players as well. Um, so, uh, but uh, yeah, something something tells me that I might mention him later as well. So, <laughs> all right, next up is biggest surprise. I'll go first for this one. I I think the obvious one is Antwerp making it to the final four. Uh, you know that was something that I don't think anybody would have expected at the beginning of the year when they were coming up through the qualifying rounds and, uh, you know, the, the tough group that they were in with, uh, with Bomberg, with Jerusalem, with Ike, they were really, you know, overshadowed, I guess you could say in that group. So I think it was, it was a big surprise that they made it as far as they did, that they ended up hosting the final four. Um, so, you know, shout out, shout out to Antwerp for that. Uh, Dave, what do you got for biggest surprise? You know, I, I was, was thinking about Antwerp and, 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 um, and, you know, they, they've been, uh, you know, they've been kind of up and coming a little bit in, in, uh, in, uh, in Belgium. Anyhow, of course, making to the final four, you know, a huge surprise. I, I ended up going with Prometheus Patras. Um, you know, the, the fact, you know, this is their first year, in any sort of European competition, you know, a couple of years ago, they were still in the, in the second division. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's such a new and up and coming, you know, club. I had the chance to go there this, uh, this season and, and check out the, their youth facilities and, uh, you know, just, just everything that, um, you know, you know, you mentioned them taking down, uh, prom, uh, taking down Tenerife, and and you know, a lot of people thought, you know, you know, that was a twelve point lead, uh, going into the return leg, and that they would make it to the, to the quarterfinals. You know, so so really, they're a, uh, a first quarter, you know, getting punched in the face by Tenerife from getting to the, um, to getting to the quarterfinals in their first ever uh, European experience. Um, so, so I ended up going with them, um, knowing that, 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 uh, Antwerp was, was, you know, you know, definitely, a a, a surprise, but, you know, they'd been to the cup to, to the cup finals, uh, you know, multiple years in a row and, um, and had been kind of building up a name and, um, but I just think that just the newness of the club and the fact that they were, you know, sec 
second division just a couple of years ago and, and, and really even fifth division, you know, really just a few years ago. Uh, so I ended up going with them. Plus they had that, you know, group D, which was, which was really tough getting through, you know, Strasburg, you know, ended up go- not going there. Bayreuth, uh, Ostend as well, you know, and they got through that group. So that's, I ended up going with, with them. Yeah, that's a good a good pick for sure. All right, let's go with biggest disappointment, and you can start off this one. What, what was your biggest disappointment from the season? You know, I'm going to probably go with with uh, MHP Reason Ludwigsburg. Yeah. You know, this was a a team that you know we had John Patrick on. You know, he's known for for rebuilding a team, and you know, and uh, you know, you you looked at the you looked at the squad, and you thought, okay, that there's you know some parts in there. Uh, that you know that could do some things, and um, you know they started year. off. They were a Final Four team the last year, and I think they reached the quarterfinals the year before that. So they had the you know the BCL pedigree coming in, and uh, you know just never you know got going. You know I think they lost their first five games if I'm not mistaken, and you know got got you know got behind the eight ball. Um, you know, right from the beginning, you know, it looked like a doable group too. You know, you had, you had, uh, um, Lamont and, and, and Avellino, Vanspils and, and, and Anvil, you know, so you thought, okay, you know, I guess even Mercia, I guess Mercia could have been one of the surprises too, you know, finishing with the best record in, in the regular season. But yeah, so, so Ludwigsburg, you know, going, uh, just three and 11, um, you know that that's probably my biggest disappointment. Who you got? Yeah, I went with uh, Strasbourg not making it out of that group. Yeah. You know, they finished with an yeah. eight and six record. It was the same record as Neptunus and Prometheus, but both of those teams advanced on on tiebreakers. But this was a, a Strasbourg team that we were talking about at the beginning of the season as a potential title contender with you know all of their veteran yeah. experience with Mike Green, the the reigning Final Four MVP, uh, coming over from Ike with uh, you know Ali Traore, Marty Collins, all all these guys on that team, Nicola Long, the the great shooter. Uh, of course, uh, Vincent Collet, the the uh, coach of the French national team. You know, th- this was a team that I, th- I think everyone kind of looked at as a potential title contender. So to not even get out of the group uh, is is really disappointing for them. Uh, also, I was looking at Umana Raya Venezia just getting smacked by Nizhny in the round of 16. You know, Venezia is another team that had a lot of talent with Austin Day, Marquez Haynes, Mitchell Watt, uh, a lot of a lot of really great uh, some some Italian role players on that team. You know, a, a really good squad overall. Finished second in Group B uh, at ten and four. They beat Tenerife in the regular season, but to come out in the round of sixteen and lose that first game to Nizhny by twenty three points was was just really disappointing. Um, so I'll, I'll I'll put them in there, and then also Avellino. Just you know, not not the fault of the players by any means, but you know the club had some financial issues as as some of the clubs in Italy have gone through and you know this, but this was a team with a really impressive roster at the beginning of the season really got decimated by injuries uh to you know Matt Costello and Caleb Green and Demetrius Nichols some of these guys missing time uh losing players throughout the year and then they they started 7 and 3 lost their last four games and and fell out of the playoffs so Avellino would be up there for me as well yeah, I, I had I had Ludwigsburg or Strasbourg written down, and then just looking at it and thinking about it, 
I'm also kind of disappointed that that Petra Olympia didn't wasn't able to get more than one victory just for those kids and the development of those kids. Yeah, for sure. Tough, tough season for Olympia kind of a, across the board. They bit off a little bit more than they could chew this year in terms of just how many games they were playing across multiple competitions, no time to practice cycled through a lot of different head coaches and stuff so not not the best year for olympia but you know those uh the young kids there did have some great moments lucas samanich really came on strong at the in the second half of the regular season all right next topic is favorite game uh i've got two for this one is still fresh in our memories it's the quarterfinal game of with bomberg at ike uh, this game set the bcl attendance record with over eighteen thousand fans in athens Tyrese Rice with 25 points and the dagger floater over Howard St. Ruse to send Bomberg to the final four. Bryce Taylor hit those three three-pointers late in the fourth quarter to bring Bomberg back into the game. And then Tyrese Rice uh, delivered the win. That was a pretty epic one. But for my favorite game, I'm going to go way back to game day one, first game of the season. Avellino beating Nizhny 100 to 93 on the road in double overtime. This was the Norris Cole versus Kendrick Perry duel. Norris Cole finished with 34 points, seven assists, five rebounds. He played 46 minutes in that game, which is just insanity. And he was named MVP of game day one. And then Perry had 25 points, six assists, seven rebounds, the buzzer beater three pointer to send the game to double overtime. Uh, that, that game was an incredible way to start the season. I think, you know, if, if that was the first BCL game you watched, you, you would have fallen in love with the, with the competition immediately. So that was my favorite game. Uh, Avellino beating Nizhny in double overtime. What do you got for this one, Dave? You uh, you took both my games. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That's okay though. That's okay. That's okay. I had I had the Bomber game first. You know, uh, just just the the magnitude of it. You know, and and um, uh, you know the the moment where you know Taylor, uh, who's been so, you know through so much injuries over the last couple of years and and uh, really hasn't done much all season. You know, goes you know boom 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 on the three threes. You know, they had been down by twelve. Um, you know, in, in this massive, you know, uh, uh, Ike, uh, crowd, um, and, uh, and then you had the, the dagger from rice. So I, you know, that, that, that for me was, was, uh, you know, you know, knowing that you need to get that, uh, decision to get to the final four, uh, that was up there. And then, you know, the, the, the Perry, uh, Cole, um, you know, showdown, uh, was, uh, you know, again, like you said, it was the first game, the first game day of the season. So that was, you know, uh, it's not really hard to, to remember that, you know, because as one of the top moments of the, of the, uh, of the BCL. Yeah. And that was kind of like, that was my introduction to Kendrick Perry more or less, you know, I, I knew who he was, uh, but I hadn't, hadn't watched him a ton, uh, to see him just battle with Norris Cole in that game. Like he did, that was really impressive to me and then really set the stage for a great Kendrick Perry season. Uh, so that was that was cool to watch, uh, you know, him throughout the year. Uh, next up, most impactful addition. So the 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 mid season signing that had the biggest impact. Uh, you can go first, Dave. Who do you got on this one? Uh, you know, I'm going to end up going with uh, uh, Mario Chalmers uh, with with uh, Virtus Bologna. Um, you know, you have to think. You know, you you're bringing in a guy who. 
has won multiple NBA championships. You know, Kevin Punter talked about, uh, you know, what it was like playing with him. Um, and, uh, you know, just bringing that, bringing on that experience, um, and that winning mentality, um, you know, he ended up helping them win a championship. So, uh, I'll, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with, with him. Who do you got? Yeah, Chalmers is somebody I considered also Yannick Marrera for Bologna as well. He's another guy who they, they brought over from Pauk in the middle of the year. And Marrera, I think, you know, had, had a huge impact, especially in the final four with his defense, uh, with his athleticism and his, his ability to switch onto smaller players and protect the rim and all of that. Um, I, I, you know, I think the, the combo of Marrera and Chalmers really helped put Bologna over the top, especially with Brian Qualley being in not playing in the final four Bologna really needed Morera in that moment so I, I I went with those two kind of as a tandem the combo of Morera and Chalmers um, also shout out to uh, to Jason Rich who joined Besiktas in uh, the middle or the end of October I can't remember uh, but he ended up being you know maybe the best one-on-one scorer in the Champions League and, and was really dominant for a stretch there uh, so that brings us to our next topic, most impactful injury. I think Jason Rich has to be near the top of that list as a guy who was completely taking over games for Besiktas. They were, they were a team that did not have a good offense this year, but they brought him in. He was able to score basically whenever he wanted for a five or six game stretch there when Besiktas got hot and reached the round of 16. Unfortunately, he got injured early in the first quarter or the first round of 16 game against Nanterre, uh, had an arm injury, wasn't able to return. And then Besiktas just didn't have enough offensively. So I went with Rich. Uh, I, I have another guy for this, but I'll, I'll let you go first so I don't take all of uh, all of the answers again. I had Rich second, uh, and actually I had a clear number one, Khalif Wyatt. Yep, that was my other one. You know, they were five and this from Unit Halone. They were five and two with him, and two and five without him. You know, he averaged eighteen point nine points a game. The leading scorer this season was was Vince Hunter with eighteen. Uh, he also averaged, you know, five five point seven assists. Uh, he had a game with uh, 21 points, uh, 11 assists against against Freeboy. Then also had, you know, uh, six or more assists uh, three times. Also averaged two steals a game. Shot almost 40. Uh, you know, in the in the double overtime game against uh, uh, Venezia, you know, he had had eight of 16 from three point range as he scored 35. Um, you know, and and this is a team that was seven and seven. And, uh, you know, they ended up, so they finished, they finished, uh, just outside the playoffs, uh, with Nanterre and Pauk being at eight and six, they went to the, without Hyatt, um, uh, yeah, without, without Wyatt, you know, they ended up going to the FIBA Europe cup, se- uh, semifinals and lost to eventual champion Sasari. So, you know, this was a team that, you know, we loved watching this, these guys, you know, him and Walden and Atkins and, and the Joneses, you know, this was, this was a team that, that was so much fun to watch. And also, uh, you know, a, a big part of it was him, you know, scored 35, scored 28, scored 21, you know, this is a guy that could light it up. And, uh, and like I said, they were two and five without him because they, you know, they, you know, he, there was only one game. He took fewer than, than, than 10 shots in the game, you know, and, and that just wiped out so much production and they just were never able to bring anybody in that could kind of make up for it, especially, 
you know, in the, in the BCL. So, uh, again, I said rich second, but just the, 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 the amount of fun and, and, and energy and, and, and just, you know, high quality that, that, that Khalif Wyatt brought to that team and, and what they were, you know, what they were without him afterwards. Uh, I went with Wyatt as the most impactful injury. Yeah. Wyatt was another guy I was, I was going to mention. And then the other one, uh, Dominic Waters from Nanterre, uh, had an amazing regular season for them. They were one of the best offenses, one of the most dangerous three-point shooting teams in the competition. Waters went down, uh, wasn't able to play in the round of 16, but Jeremy Singlin led them past Besiktas. And then Nanterre, they beat Bologna. They beat the eventual champions in the first leg of the quarterfinals. Uh, but in Bologna, in the second leg, Singling got shut down and they just weren't able to generate enough offense to, to overcome that great Bologna defense. And yeah, you know, if they, if they had Dominic Waters for that series, maybe, maybe there's a different outcome. Maybe we've got Nanterre in the final four. Uh, and so, uh, you know, Waters was, was another really impactful injury. Next up, biggest player revelation. So a player that we, you know, maybe hadn't seen very much, didn't know much about, who really burst onto the scene. Dave, why don't you go first for this one? I'm going to go with Kendrick Perry. Um, nice. You know, he was he was a guy, he had played two seasons uh, in the FIBA Europe Cup, but, you know, with, with Hungarian teams, uh, had played, you know, a season uh, in, in, uh, in Australia with Sydney. Um, and in between the, uh, the Hungarian teams, he was, uh, he was, uh, with a, a Macedonian team. Um, so not really somebody that, that maybe a lot of people knew. And then, you know, that first game with the, with the, uh, with the, the, the huge showdown with, with Norris Cole, um, you know, and, and then with the, with the, uh, the Superman performance, uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, you saw that they, you know, they missed him so much that, uh, you know, when he was, when he was injured, you know, he's another guy that, you know, you could say, uh, you know, the games that he went, went out. Um, but you know, this was a guy that, you know, ha- has shown that, uh, you know, he can be a, really a superstar, uh, for a lot of, you know, let's say bigger teams, you know, Nizhny Novgorod brought them, uh, into the playoffs. And, um, so I'm going to go with, with Kendrick Perry, uh, who you got. Yeah. Perry's a great choice. I went with, uh, two different guys. One, you already mentioned Kiefer Sykes, you know, coming from the Turkish, Turkish second division. He's a young guy. He was 24 at the start of the season, turned 25 in December, uh, to set the BCL scoring record with 43 points in a game and then also have seven assists in that game. It was pretty incredible. And he had some other big scoring performances as well. And in the second game of the season, he had 26 against Ludwigsburg. Uh, in the final game of the regular season, he had 29 against Ventspils. And, you know, when, when they got, uh, just destroyed by injuries and, and losing players for, financial reasons Sykes really stepped up and and carried them so uh great great season from from Kiefer Sykes kind of bursting onto the scene and then how about Babacar Toure uh 33 33 year old veteran from Senegal tax accountant the accountant who who (laughs) moved from Senegal to Switzerland to be an accountant and just kind of play basketball on the side ended up averaging a double double in the BCL uh 15 points 10 rebounds per game for Freeborg of course you know they didn't have uh, the most successful season but they uh, you know just being a, a club with one of the lower budgets and and everything but they did win three games in their group they were uh, 
um, they finished uh, in seventh place, so they they outperformed Opava in that group. Uh, and Toure was, you know, just consistently really solid. He was a guy I saw him in the qualifiers, and um, and he was excellent. You know, with his passing, with his rebounding, with his scoring, really well rounded guy. Led the league in rebounds, finished tenth in points per game. So Babacar Toure for me, I think, has to be you know revelation of the season if if we're talking about veteran players. All right, and the f- final topic, Dave, favorite team to watch. Of course, there were some amazing ones this season. I'll go first on this one. Uh, I, I went with Hapoel Jerusalem. They were just so much fun to watch all season long. That fast-paced offense, high-flying, Tamir Blatt throwing alley-oops to Josh Owens and Tishon Thomas, you know, streaking down the court for coast-to-coast dunks. Amari Stoudemire coming off the bench for 15, 20 minutes per game and putting up a ton of points in a quick amount of time. Jacobin Brown was really great. Uh, James Feldin, who, you know, has had a great career in Europe playing for Red Star, playing for Panathinaikos, uh, is kind of more of a role player, comes to this Jerusalem team and he's really the go-to scorer, the star uh, on this team. He was incredible to watch all season long. Uh, so I, I, I went with Hapoel Jerusalem. They were super fun to watch, but there's a lot of great choices for this. Uh, who, who do you have as your favorite team to watch this year? I, I picked uh, Hapoel Bank Yahav Jerusalem as well. Um, you got to add the push shot of uh, Aliyahu as well. You yeah, know, yeah. every time, every time, every time you see that, you got to have a little bit of a, of a of a smile in there. Yeah, just you know the uh, my my order was. Uh, Tayshawn Thomas, then Aliop Combo, Tamir Blatt to uh, Josh Owens, Amari Stoudemire, James Feldin shooting, and then the, the push shot. And then I, and then you know, and then you still have, uh, you know, Jacobin Brown. You still have Tashawn, uh, Tashawn Butler. Um, so yeah, that that you know, just the 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 high flying, uh, fun, up tempo, uh, great 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 crowd, great atmosphere, high energy. That was that was my favorite team. Uh, to watch all year. Yeah, let's spread the love around a little bit more since we both picked the same. I think, you know, Bologna, of course, the champions, they were really fun to watch this year with with Kevin Punter hitting the big shots and just the trash talk and the swagger that he had. And, you know, Kelvin Martin as an all-out hustle energy guy. I love Tony Taylor. Uh, Dayon Kravich was really fun to watch this year. His, his one-handed free throws were one of the most interesting little quirks of the season. And, you know, they, of course, have, have an amazing home crowd. So you could put Bologna up there. I think not. Antwerp as well. Yep. Antwerp as well with all, you know, thinking about all those kids um, and, and all the history that they were putting together, you know, going through the, the qualifying rounds and then, you know, winning the cup and then, uh, you know, eventually going also to the, uh, going to the, um, to the final four and hosting it. Yeah, and uh, you know the Paris lead to Ismail Bako, Ali Oops, Jay Sean yeah, Tate yeah. was was incredible. One of the most lethal spin moves in the BCL. Uh, Victor Sanders was a really cool player to watch. Kalinowski and Didzinski, some of the role players. Hans Van Wen coming in and, and making things happen. So yeah, Antwerp are really cool. And then also Prometheus, I think, has to be up there for me. You know, we mentioned them a couple times in this. Uh, Ryan Brown, I, I mentioned, is one of my favorite players to watch. But the team as a whole was really cool. Um, Nikos, Nikos Gikas running the show at, at point guard. He was really cool to watch. Uh, you know, a, lo- a lot of Greek players on this team really stepped up. Salustros, Kasilakis, 
uh, Tony Meyer had some big p- shooting performances, uh, Parks and Ellis throwing down alley-oops. Uh, you had Manzukis, the 15-year-old, getting a little bit of playing time. Um, and, you know, Prometheus just with the, the high-pressure defense, uh, Brown throwing down alley-oops and everything, they, they were super fun to watch this year as well. Yeah, for sure. That you know, I, mean, I, I had a chance to even see it live, and uh, yeah, I mean that you know that big man combo was was fun. You know, Meyer, you know, a guy that can put up thirty. You mentioned Brown. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah, there was a lot of great teams. There was a lot of great great action all year. You know, I mean, and and it and and it is a, it's a little bit uh, sad that it's over. And but you know, you you know, I think I think uh, I hope that the people who listen to this had a chance to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, go back and, and, you know, have an aha moment. Ah, yeah. I remember that and, and, and stuff like that, because, you know, it, it is a long season. Um, and there's so many great moments and, and, uh, that, uh, that happen over a long season. And so it's, it was nice to kind of get a chance to, to put it all, you know, together, I guess, if you will, and, and just kind of reflect a little bit on a season that, you know, uh, of a league that's growing, you know, there, and, you know, with the, with the podcast, you know, I want to, I want to thank you for, for, for doing this as well. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, think about how, you know, the, 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 the really fun interviews that we, we had with, with a, a lot of the great players, uh, and leaders and, and also the, uh, give the, the, the listener, the, the, the listeners and also the, the readers and watchers of, of this league a chance to, you know, get to know some of, uh, some of us as well. You know, you think of Jeff and you think of Igor and, and Deacon, um, and then, uh, the interview with Patrick Cominos, uh, the, the CEO, you know, the podcast was fun. I really enjoyed doing it. Um, and, uh, I, I thank you. Thank you for, for, for getting it together and, and, uh, it's been, it's been a, it's been a pleasure and, uh, I really want to, uh, I really want to, 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 to thank you. Thank the BCL for giving us a chance to do this. And, uh, you know, it was a great year and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a season that well, you know, covering it every, every week made it, made it a lot more special. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. Thanks to you, of course, for joining me throughout the season for the podcast. It was a lot of fun talking about this league. You mentioned it. It's a growing league. This was only the third season. It's gotten better each year in terms of competition, in terms of the big name t- clubs coming in, in terms of the uh, the level of top tier players that we've got in this league. It's been really exciting to watch it all season long. Can't wait to see what next year brings The season started out with the qualifiers, the regular season, 32 teams from 15 different countries. The quarterfinals, we had eight teams from eight different countries. And then the final four with Virtus Bologna, the old empire is back, just really sending a message, like Kevin Punter said, dominating the final four, winning the title. It it was an amazing season from start to finish. Can't wait to see what next year brings. So that's going to do it. For this week's episode and for this season, thanks again to BCL Final Four MVP Kevin Punter from Virtus Bologna for joining us this week. Thanks again to David Hein over in Germany for joining us uh, throughout the season. My name is Austin Green, and thank you for listening to BCL Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast.